0: Hello and welcome to Penalty on the Podcast, the weekly NFL Predicting Podcast, this week predicting week three of the 2023 NFL season. I'm excited, some stuff happened, some expected, some unexpected, and I'm very excited to predict this upcoming week and review the last week, so... If you're new to this podcast, the way this is going to work is I'm going to look at last week's slate of games and talk about each game. Then I'm going to look at this upcoming week's slate of games and talk about each game, give predictions for score, outcome, and predictions for, like, individual player performances. Um, and i got to say, this is not gambling advice. I'm not responsible for any money lost gambling on things said in this podcast. Also... uh. This podcast is not currently sponsored. If you'd like to sponsor this podcast or contact me for whatever reason, my email is in the description. This podcast is available on YouTube, Spotify, RSS, Community, and Google Podcasts. The links to this on all those platforms will be in the description. YouTube and RSS are recommended because you can view the transcripts there. Also, if you're on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Help the channel grow. Cost nothing, takes about a second, and you can always undo it if you change your mind later. And without further ado, let's get into the content. So Vikings at Eagles, Thursday night football, honestly not as bad a, a loss for the Vikings as I thought it would be. I thought it would be more of a blow up, But 28-34, not bad for the Vikings, but they do start 0-2. The Ravens beat the Bengals on the road, 27-24. Lamar Jackson, you know, he's back. If only he can stay healthy throwing 24 of 33, 237 yards, and two touchdowns, proving that on top of the ability rushing, he has a lot of ability with his arm. He also carried the ball 12 times for 54 yards. And Joe Burrow went 27 of 41, so not the most efficient. 222 yards, two touchdowns a pick. Joe Mixon led the Bengals, 13 carries, 59 yards. Gus Edwards. Also led the Ravens in rushing, 10 carries, 62 yards, and a touchdown. Also, their leading receiver somehow was Nelson Aguilar, 5 receptions for 63 yards and a touchdown. Followed by Zay Flowers, 4 receptions, 62 yards, and then Mark Andrews, 5 receptions, 45 yards, and a touchdown. Zay Flowers also had an absurd 15.5 yard average per catch. He's a good rookie. The Bengals started another season 0 2, but they've shown that it doesn't really matter. The Seahawks beat the Lions in OT. Jared Goff 28 35, 323 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. While Gina Smith went, 40, went 32 of 41, 328 yards, and two touchdowns. Kenneth Walker the third had 17 carries, 43 yards, and two touchdowns. And David Montgomery had 16 carries, 67 yards, and a touchdown. DK Metcalf led the Seahawks, six receptions, 75 yards. While Amon Ross St. Brown, surprise, surprise, led the Lions with six receptions for 102 yards, 17 yard average. Josh Reynolds also had five receptions, 66 yards, and two touchdowns. Khalil Raymond finished the day with two catches, 46 yards, and a touchdown. Jameer Gibbs had a not great game. Seven carries, 17 yards, only a 2.4 yard average. The Seahawks won, and you know, simple as that, they did win in OT But maybe they're better than I thought. Maybe the Lions are worse than I thought. The Colts beat the Texans. Surprise, surprise. Uh their rookie number four overall pick. Anthony Richardson had to uh leave the game due to concussion concerns. Garner Minshew nineteen of twenty three hundred seventy 171 yards and touchdown Anthony Richardson before his injury 6 of 10 56 yards so pretty good but this could be concerning for the Colts moving forward Zach Moss led them in rushing 18 carries 88 yards and touchdown while Anthony Richardson ran with the ball three times for 35 yards and two touchdowns Kylan Granson scored the only receiving touchdown in the game Finishing with three receptions for 16 yards, Michael Penman Jr. led the team in receiving yards with eight for 50 with eight receptions for 56 yards. The Texans still managed to put up 20 points. C.J. Stroud, 30 for 47, 384, and two touchdowns. Really not his fault. Damien Pierce had a pretty bad game only averaging 2.1 yards per carry, 15 carries for 31 yards. Nico Collins led the Texans in receiving seven grabs, 146 yards, 20.9-yard average, which is insane, and a touchdown. Robert Woods was second with six catches for 74 yards, and Tank Dell, had seven catches for 72 yards and touchdown. The Texans didn't really have a bad game exactly. They just didn't have a great game. And, you know, 20 points is not too bad. But they lost, so, you know, take that with, like, take that how you will. 20 points put up by the Texans against the Colts, though, so. That's not entirely valid. But the Colts might actually be a maybe good team. But it's too early to tell. Also, DeForest Buckner with a sack on the game. Looks like the Colts sacked uh, CJ throughout three times. Not great. For the Texans, they need to tighten up that O line. Texans fall to 0 and 2. Indianapolis rises to 1 and 1. Bucks go to 2 and 0. Bears seven. Bears 0 and 2, losing 27-17. Bears were pretty hyped up. Bucks were thought to be a bad team. Uh, it's the opposite way around now. Justin Fields did not have a great game. 16 for 29, 211 yards, a touchdown, two picks. While Baker Mayfields continued to cook. 26 for 34, 370 yards and touchdown. Now this might be great for the Bucks, but when they come up against some real tough competition, this actually they actually might have problems. Justin Fields also carried the ball four times for only three yards, though, but he did get a touchdown. DJ Moore had a pretty good game, six receptions and 104 yards. For the Bucks, Rashad White led in rushing, seventeen carries, seventy-three yards, and touchdown. Mike Evans, six receptions, one hundred seventy-one yards, and touchdown. Incredible, twenty-eight point five-yard average. The Chiefs beat the Jaguars. I'm pretty sure I predicted the Jaguars to win this, but Patrick Mahomes has his guys back, so. You know, they might actually be good now because he can throw to Travis Kelsey and and not just someone he's going to drop every single pass. He went 29-41, 305, two touchdowns and a pick. Isaiah Pacheco led the team in rushing. 12 carries, 70 yards. And Sky Moore led the team in receiving. He's getting better. Three receptions, 70, 70 yards and a touchdown. Travis Kelsey... Is officially back. Four receptions, 26 yards, and a touchdown. Solid performance. For the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence did not have his best day ever, but he also did not have a great... He also did not have a terrible day. 22 for 41, 216 yards, no touchdowns, though, but also no picks. And... Their offense just failed to put points on the board. Travis Etienne led the team in rushing 12 carries 40 yards. And Christian Kirk led the team in receiving 11 receptions, 110 yards. Packers versus Falcons. The Packers won a clutch game. I mean, the Falcons won. Packers fall to 1-1, Falcons to 2-1. Falcons rise up to 2-0. And so, Jordan Love went 14-25, 151 yards, three touchdowns. Maybe not entirely a bust. Who knows? A.J. Dillon, 15, carries 55 yards, 3.7-yard average. And then, Dontavian Wicks led the team in receiving for the Packers. Two receptions, only two receptions, but 40 yards and a touchdown. Jaden Reed, four catches, 37 yards, two touchdowns. Jordan Love is spreading the ball around very well, and, you know, that's good to see because, because he doesn't have many of those guys who will consistently be the wide receiver one. So... Good team spreading the ball around. Desmond Ritter went 19 32, 237 yards, a touchdown, a pick. Bijan Robinson, 19 carries, 124 yards. He's been pretty good so far. Desmond Ritter had 10 carries, 39 yards, and a touchdown. Drake London, 6 carries, 67 yards, a touchdown, 6 receptions, 67 yards, and a touchdown. B.J. Robinson getting involved in the receiving game, in the passing game. Four receptions, 48 yards. Kyle Pitts not doing so great. Only two receptions for 15 yards. The Bills destroyed the Raiders, 38-10. Jimmy Garoppolo, 16-24, 185. One touchdown, two picks. While Josh Allen did extremely well, 31-37. for Two hundred seventy-four yards of three touchdowns. A quarterback can't ask for much for a much better game than that. Without Josh Jacobs, the rushing attack. Without Josh Jacobs at his full potential, the rushing attack hasn't been that great. Josh Jacobs actually did quite poorly. Nine carries for um, for negative two yards. That is horrible. While Trey Tucker led the team with only one carry for 34 yards. Interesting how that went. Devontae Adams led the team in receiving six receptions, 84 yards, one touchdown. Not much going for the Raiders, but for the Bills, Josh Allen had that incredible game. James Cook cooked. 17 carries, 123 yards. Damian Harris, 7 carries, 33 yards and touchdown. Latavius Murray, 6 carries, 22 yards and touchdown. So it seems like that a lot of people are touching the ball in the Bills' scheme, which could be a good thing. Gabe Davis led the team in receiving yards over Stefan Diggs, 6 carries, 6 receptions, 92 yards and touchdown. While Stephon Diggs only had seven receptions for 66 yards, still good. Khalil Shakir and Dawson Knox both secured touchdowns with three or fewer receptions. Pretty good, if you ask me. Bills are doing all right. After a week one disappointment, the Titans beat the Chargers in OT. Ryan Tannehill 20 for 24 246 and a touchdown, while Justin Herbert went 27 for 41, 305 and two touchdowns. Joshua Kelly led the Chargers in rushing yards. 13 carries, only 39 yards. This rushing attack hasn't been all too great without Austin Eckler. In the receiving game, Keenan Allen, eight receptions, 111 yards, two touchdowns. He's doing pretty good on the Titans' side. Derrick Henry was great, was pretty good. Again, 25 carries, 80 yards. It's not a great average, 3.2 yards, but if you give it to him seven times, if you give it to him seven times every down, as the Titans seem to be doing, then this is what, you get 25 carries is a lot, and so the yards add up, even if he's only getting 3.2 yards per carry. He also had a touchdown. Ryan Tannehill had a rushing touchdown on one carry for 12 yards. Trey Lumberks led the team in receiving three receptions, 76 yards. Nick Westbrook-Akine, three receptions, 25 yards, and a touchdown. D Hop Four receptions, 40 yards. 49ers-Rams. I know the Rams kicked a meaningless field goal to make, and it, so it looks better than it was, but honestly, seven-point loss and the 49ers got lucky because Kyron Williams dropped the ball that, and it led to an interception on a good drive. Like, like... The Rams, I think, are better than everyone thought they'd be if they came within inches of the 49ers. They dropped to 1-1. One and one. And if the 49ers are almost losing to the Rams, they m- might not be as good as everyone hyped them up to be. They did get lucky winning this one. Of course, Brock Purdy was pretty good. 17 of 25, 206 yards. Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel both rushed for a touchdown. Christian McCaffrey had 20 carries for 116 yards. Debo Samuel led the team in receiving six receptions, 63 yards. And for the Rams, Matt Stafford, 34 of 55, 307 yards, a touchdown and two picks. Gordon Williams, 14 carries, 52 yards. A touchdown. Receiving Pukunakua broke the NFL record for most receptions by rookie in first two games of the rookie season. He now has. He has a bunch. I forgot how many, but he had 15 this game, which is only four short of the record. 147 yards. When Cooper Cup comes back, this trio of, of Nakua Atwell Cup is going to be unstoppable. Tito Atwell also had a great game. Seven receptions, 77 yards. Cameron Williams, six receptions, 48 yards. And Matt Stafford's only passing touchdown. And this defense did all right. Byron Young got his first full career sack. And, really, the Rams, this means good things, I hope, for my favorite team, the Rams. Um, It's sad that they had to take the L, but, like, they did really well. Fred Warner did get a sack, and... and Diamandor Lenoir got a pick, and... Isaiah Oliver got a pick. He was, I think, the beneficiary of a pass. Kyron Williams dropped. It was kind of lucky, though. You know, there there is a good chance that if Kyron Williams hangs on to that ball, or just or he just drops it down and it's it, it's incomplete. That there's a chance that the Rams could tie this or win it. So, you know, Giants had a great comeback apparently against the Cardinals. Daniel Jones, 26 for 37, 321 yards, 3-2-1, two touchdowns and a pick. Joshua Dobbs for the Cardinals, thir- 21 for 31, 228 yards and touchdown. Not too bad. Saquon Barkley, 17 carries, 63 yards, and a touchdown. He's injured, though, for three weeks. James Conner led the Redbirds, 23 carries, 160 yards, and a touchdown. Jalen Hyatt led the Giants in receiving two receptions, 89 yards. Michael Wilson, who's that, led the Cardinals in receiving three receptions for 56 which, uh well, that's not great. And Isaiah Hodgins and Saquon Barkley both caught touchdowns. Isaiah Hodgins had four receptions for 40 yards. Yeah, the Cardinals didn't do so hot. Marquise Brown caught a touchdown, having six receptions for 54 yards. He's, um... Yeah, this... D- this Cardinals team isn't looking too good. They're 0 2 now. They've had- and they gave up a crazy comeback. They've lost to a Washington and they've lost to the Giants. Not two teams that I don't think are like super great, so they might not be good. And I think they will be below the Rams, so at least Rams don't get last place in the division. The Jets got destroyed by Dallas Cowboys, 30-10. to Zach Wilson was 12 of 27, only 170 yards. One touchdown, three picks. Yeah, he's not good. Why is he throwing 27 times? He was also somehow the leading rusher with five carries for 36 yards. That is sad. Yeah, Dak Prescott... Led the Cowboys. He totally outplayed Zach Wilson. 31 for 38, 255 yards, two touchdowns. Again, like Josh Allen, it's very hard for a quarterback to ask for a better game than that, especially with completion percentage. 31 for 38 is incredible. Tony Pollard, 25 carries, 72 yards. Garrett Wilson only had two receptions, but was able to get 83 yards on those receptions and a touchdown. That's an insane average. That's gotta be like forty-one point five. CD Lamb, eleven receptions, 143 yards. Yeah, Zach Wilson is he's not good. But Garrett Wilson's average of forty-one point five is incredible. Brees Hall only got four carries. That's fewer than Zach Wilson. This is that's just stupid. That's stupidity from whoever is running this Jets offense. This should be Brees Hall's offense, not Zach Wilson's. He only had nine yards on those four carries, though, so not great. Cowboys' defense apparently stood strong there. And their defense, Solomon Thomas had a sack, but other than that, nothing else. For the Cowboys, though, yeah, they did good. Tony Pollard did good. Yeah, C.D. Lamb had 11 catches, 143 yards. Tony Pollard, 7 catches, 37 yards. Jake Ferguson, 3 catches, 11 yards, a touchdown. Luke Shoemaker, 1 catch for only 1 yard and touchdown. 1, one, one 1.01 is his stat line. 1 reception, 1 yard, one point zero. Yard average, one touchdown. And their defense, Micah Parsons, two-sack game. And, you know, there are some other sacks by other members of the team. Trayvon Diggs got a pick. Surprise, surprise. Molly Cooker got a pick. J-Ron Curse got a pick. So, this Cowboys defense stood strong. And... The Jets were just a mess. Yeah, Cowboys won. Commanders-Broncos. The Broncos were doing quite well, and then the Commanders scored 32 points, and then the Broncos scored a last-second touchdown, and then they didn't make the two-point conversion, and then they lost. Pretty simple. If you ask me, this is a quite bad. Russell Wilson might actually be proving that last season was a fluke, and maybe shot... Nathaniel Hackett was the was really the reason I judged Wilson harshly, admittedly, and I might be wrong about that. Sean Payne, though, um, this hasn't been working out. Russell Wilson had a pretty good game eighteen thirty two, three hundred eight yards, three touchdowns, and a pick, which isn't bad. But this defense let up, let the comeback happen. Sam Howell, twenty seven for thirty nine, two ninety nine yards, two touchdowns, pretty good. Brian Robinson, Jr., 18 carries, 87 yards, two touchdowns. Russell Wilson led the Broncos in rushing. For some reason, six carries, 56 yards. And Terry McLaurin led the Commanders, five receptions, 54 yards. And a touchdown, John Bates, close behind him, three receptions, 46 yards. Antonio Gibson had three receptions. No, Brian Robinson Jr. had two receptions for forty-two yards, twenty-one yard average. It's pretty good. Logan Thomas two receptions, twenty-two yards, a touchdown. And Emmanuel Forbes Jr. caught Russell Wilson's only pick. Montez Sweat had a sack and a half. Daron Payne had a sack. Chase Young had a sack and a half. Benjamin Davis had a sack. Casey Tuo had a sack. Percy, Bu- sorry, yeah, Casey Tuo and James Smith Williams had a sack. Um, yeah, the Broncos' O line has to be better. Russell Wilson had that good game. Javante Williams, twelve carries, only forty-four yards. Jaleel McLaughlin, 1K5 yards, into the end zone for a touchdown. Marvin Mims Jr., two receptions, 113 yards, and an absurd 56.5-yard average. He had a touchdown. Um, Yeah, that's crazy. How does that happen? Colin Sutton, five receptions, 66 yards. Brandon Johnson... Two receptions, sixty-six yards, and two touchdowns. The Broncos offensively, pretty good. Defensively, horrible. Nick Benito did have a sack. Jonathan Cop- Jonathan Cooper did have two sacks, but um Yeah, it's not good. Like they did allow the comeback. Randy Gregory a sack. Like the comeback allowed is just insane, that should never have happened, like, I mean, the sacks were good, like, they got home to howl pretty well, but, like, four sacks in a game is, like, nothing to sneeze at, but they didn't, like, they didn't stop a comeback, and, like, it doesn't matter how many sacks you get, or how many yards you allow, it's, the point, like yards, yes, like they sometimes matter for points, but you can allow a net of zero yards and lose three nothing. Like theoretically, it's possible. And like, so it's the points that matter. And they still allowed Sam Howell to go 27 to 39, 299 yards, and two touchdowns. So like, they really did nothing. Like, The getting home to Howell was good, yes. But in the end, they lost. So, like, their defense really needs to step up. Miami Dolphins at New England Patriots saw the debut of a new play, blocking kicks, that actually worked, um, where they send a guy in motion. The blocking team tries to send a guy in motion, and then have him rush the kicker. And it worked. The Patriots blocked a field goal. Bill Belichick, yeah, he's a genius. I don't particularly like him, but he is very good at his job. And so, yeah, they got a blocked field goal that way. But they still lost. Dropped to 0-2. Miami Dolphins, 2-0. and uh, 21-30, pretty good. 249 yards, pretty good. One touchdown, one Interception, pretty mediocre. Raheem Mostert, 18 carries, 121 yards, 6.7 average, two touchdowns, very good. And then Jalen Waddell, eight catches, 86 yards, 21.5 yard average. Tyreek Kill, only receiving score of the game of for the uh, Dolphins. Five catches, 40 yards, eight yard average, one touchdown. That duo was just unstoppable. For the Patriots, Mac Jones, 31 of 42, 231 yards, a touchdown, a pick. Kind of similar to Tua, a little less efficient, I think. A little less accurate. But still, like, it doesn't matter if someone goes one for, like, one for 60. If if they win if they end up winning the game, like it doesn't really matter. It's the points that matters. Madre Stevenson, fifteen, carries fifty yards, three point three yard average, not that great, one touchdown. Mac Jones carried the ball as many times as Ezekiel Elliott and was better. He had five carries for 25 yards, while Ezekiel Elliott had five carries for only 13 yards. That's less than a three-yard-per-carry average. Devontae Parker led the team in receptions and receiving yards with six for 57 yards. Hunter Henry, six receptions, 52 yards, and a touchdown while their tight end pickup, Mike Gusecki, who they picked up over the offseason, five catches- for 33 yards. And Juju Smith Schuster, 5 catches, 28 yards. Just thought I'd mention that because he was newly acquired in the offseason and he hasn't been doing as well as, like, he hasn't been the solid wide receiver one that a lot of people thought he could be when he joined the team. However, I, I think, like, the Patriots really need to step it up. Like, they're doing all right, but then you know, losing, and it doesn't matter if you do alright, or good, or terrible, like, if you, if you lose, you lose, like, you could do terrible and win somehow, and be ridiculed, of course, for it, but you could do pretty well and lose, the only thing that matters is how many points you put on the board and what that board says when, and, like, how many Points the other team scores in the hour that you got to play. If you you win, could be an ugly win. Could be sailing over them. It doesn't matter. A win's a win. A loss is a loss. Like, and a loss can prove something. It can prove that a team is very good, but they don't get credit in the standings for it. They still get a loss. They still drop down, but like they can be proved to be pretty good if they draw it out with a good team. Anyway, Panthers, Saints, one of the Thursday night football, one of the Monday night football, sorry, doubleheaders. I watched, I did not watch this one, but I heard it was all right. Um, Bryce Young, I, I mean, he did okay, but not great. Derek Carr was 21 of 36, 228 yards and an interception, so not great, but I mean, quarterbacks just have those days. Jason Hill carried the ball nine times. What is that guy? Running back, tight end, quarterback? What is he exactly? We don't know. But nine carries, 75 yards, 8.3 yard average. Very good. Tony Jones Jr., though, 12 carries, 34 yards, and only a 2.8 average, but two touchdowns. There, that's what matters. Worst, worst game for overall, but. But without those two touchdowns from him, Saints would have lost. Chris Olave had six catches for 86 yards. Tony Jones Jr., though, did better than Jamal Adams. And Jamal Williams, sorry. And Jamal Williams is, like, supposed to be, like, better, like, a good replacement for Kamara. He has not been that. Only nine carries for 29 yards. And... I think they're going to get Kamara back soon. Week 4, I think. So, that could be very good. Richie Shahid had 4 receptions for 63 yards. and Michael Thomas had 7 receptions for 55 yards. And, Taysom Mill only had 1 reception. And, he lost a yard on it. Very interesting. Marcus May got a sack in this game. So did Demario Davis. And, Carl Granderson. And... Nathan Shepherd, four sacks against Bryce Young in this game. And I mean, like, that really helped him win 20 to 17. Arguably without the sacks, they would have lost Bryce Young twenty two to thirty-three, one hundred and fifty-three yards and touchdown. Alright. Miles Sanders led the team in rushing 14 carries, 43 yards. Bryce Young had two carries for thirty four yards. And Adam Thielen led the team in receiving with seven receptions for 54 yards. And Hayden Hurst had three receptions for 20 yards. On defense, Camu Goodyear-Hill had a, two sacks. Frankie had a sack. Frankie Luvu had two sacks. And Vaughn Bell, the newly acquired safety from... uh. Cincinnati had the interception against Carr, Justin Houston, and Yeeter Grossmatos had half a sack each. Brian Burns, surprisingly, made no solo tackles. Saints won, 20-17. Pittsburgh won a much closer game against the Browns than I thought they would Highsmith, probably defensive player of the game right there, gets the interception off of the deflection, returns it for a touchdown. A little later, strip sacks Deshaun Watson. It's recovered by T.J. Watt for his first ever defensive touchdown. Alex Highsmith creating basically 14 points there that the Steelers wouldn't have won without because their offense really struggled. And... But it felt good, you know. Watt is likely a future Hall of Famer, and so to watch his first defensive touchdown live, I think that was pretty cool. Um, you know, it's fun to watch, like, amazing moments live. Deshaun Watson went 20 to a 40 pretty bad. 235 yards average, one touchdown, one pick average. The accuracy they're not good. Nick Chubb, 10 carries, 64 yards, and on the 10th carry, he goes down... Gets hit in the knee accidentally by Minka Fitzpatrick, and all of his weight goes on his knee. I didn't I didn't see the uh, footage yet, but it sounded bad. Like ESPN wouldn't show it. They're like, no, nope, we're not showing that to you. Apparently, his knee bent ninety degrees outside, and like that's. Like, bent 90 degrees inside, actually. All of his weight on it. I think ACL, PCL, and I think LCL tear, I think, is what his injury is like. Like, that is just so, like, devastating. We don't even know if he is ever going... To recover from this. Um, his career could be over, unfortunately. I'm praying. Everyone should be praying. It's not. They did get Kareem Hunt back. And Jerome Ford did well. But like that is just horrible. It's a multi-ligament tear. And it's going To end his season, perhaps his career, it's brutal on a knee that he had injured before in college, and that's just, it's something that if he ever comes back from, it's going to be, you know, like, comeback player of the year shoe-in. It's very sad when something like this happens. And it will be very difficult for him to recover from it. It's a multi-ligament tear, surgery, lots of physical therapy. Could miss next season, could retire. We don't know, though. So that is an issue. Um, Mika Fitzpatrick, it was an accident, but hit his knee as he was going down. Vontaze Perfect, um gave a statement on how Minka Fitzpatrick's hit was dirty, and talked about how the Steelers did that kind of stuff, as if Vontaze Perfect has a right to talk about that. Like he is one of the, he was one of the dirtiest linebackers in the NFL ever. I know Fitzpatrick is a safety, but Vontaze Perfect has no right to call other players dirty, considering he's the one who, you know, badly concussed Antonio Brown and. He, and Antonio Brown might be suffering from the effects of that. Of course, we don't know yet. We won't know until Brown passes away and we have his brain. We can look at it for CTE. But, but really, Perfect has no right to to tell anyone that their hit was dirty at all. But just such a sad injury. And then Jerome Ford picked up the slack, 16 carries, 106 yards, and not credited with a touchdown, but got close. Pierre Strong punched it in after a long run by Ford. Amari Cooper led the team in receiving, 7 receptions and 90 yards, followed by David Njoku, 4 receptions for 48 yards. Jerome Ford had the lone receiving touchdown for the Browns of the game, 3 Exceptions, 25 yards and touchdown. Grant Delpit got the interception against Pickett. He was really everywhere. And Sion uh, Taki Taki got a sack. Shelby Harris got a sack. I know I mispronounced Taki Taki's name. Maurice Hurst, the second got a sack. And, um, the returner for the Steelers made one of this, Gunnar Olszewski, I think his name is, I can't pronounce it, maybe, maybe I'm pronouncing it right, maybe I'm pronouncing it wrong, probably the latter, but he made the dumbest play. He saved a kick, a kickoff from going out of bounds, like, As the returner. And, like, if it goes out of bounds, he sets up at his own 40-yard line instead. Um, Bad field position. Kenny Pickett. 15 of 30. That's terrible. 222 yards. Average. One touchdown. One pick. Not that great, but not terrible. Najee Harris. 10 carries. 43 yards. Not great at all. George Pickens. Four catches. 127 yards and a touchdown and um, Highsmith had a sack and an interception. Larry Ogunjobi had a sack, and T.J. Watt got the sack that broke his tie with James Harrison for the Steelers' franchise career record in sacks. DeMarvin Leal also got a sack. Marcus Golden got a sack. Elijah Riley got a sack. Just crazy from the um just crazy stuff from that pass rush. They sacked Watson a bunch of time. 6 times in total actually. So, you know, that's very good for the Steelers. Browns need to step up their game. Okay, now on to the predictions. Giants at 49ers already happened. Uh, in my last tiny little bit of an episode, predicting Giants 49ers, I predicted the 49ers to win, and they won 30-12. to 12. Falcons, Lions, uh, I'm going Lions on this one. I'm going Jared Goff. Um, 210 yards. Two touchdowns on this one. I think Bijan Robinson is going to take a much bigger role, and so will Jameer Gibbs. I think both will have at least 50 yards and a touchdown, and I think Drake London will finally catch a touchdown. And I'm going Lions on this one 21 17. That's what I, I'm i thinking. Chargers, Vikings, I don't know. Do the Chargers got it? Do the Vikings got it? One, oh and 2 Chargers, 0-2 oh Vikings. What are you going to do? Honestly, I think the Chargers can win this because of the sad state of the Vikings right now. I mean, who did they lose to last? They lost to the Eagles. You know... That's actually not a bad loss. They did lose to the Bucks, but the Bucks actually look kind of good this year. I I don't know. I'm going. Uh, this is very difficult. I'm thinking it's gonna end on a last-second field goal, and maybe twenty-four twenty-one Minnesota. Um, I think Herbert two touchdowns, at least. Um. And I think Justin Jefferson, two touchdowns. And Cam Akers, Cam Akers just got traded to the Vikings, which is from the Rams, which is great for me because I just picked up Kevin Williams off, off of waivers and Fantasy, and my RB1 is Saquon Barkley, and he's out. So, yeah, going... I'm actually going Vikings 24, or who? I think I'm going Vikings 24-21... I just don't think the Chargers got it. I think Cam Akers is going to score a touchdown. Yeah, I just don't think the Chargers have got it. It's going to be a last-second field goal. No matter who wins it, it's going to be a last-second field goal. I just can feel it. I think. <laughs> New Orleans Saints, Green Bay Packers. I think the Saints look pretty good this year. They're 2-0. Packers are 1-1. and They did lose to a Falcons to the Falcons, but they crushed the Bears, but the Bears are looking pretty overrated right now. Honestly, I think Jordan Love is going to throw at least two picks. Um, And I think Derek Carr, 220 yards, like over 220 yards, and two touchdowns for him, a touchdown for Olave as well. Honestly, I'm thinking, like, 23 to 16. This doesn't seem like a great offensive battle, although, I mean, it might be. I'm thinking, yeah, maybe, like, 24 to 16 for the Saints. I think I think Christian Watson is going to catch a touchdown. Jag- Texans, Jaguars... This Jaguars team is seriously good. Um, They did lose to the Chiefs, but they didn't lose by a million points. It was only an eight-point game, and it's really their offense that sputtered out. Their defense only held the Chiefs to, like, what, 17 points? So they're still a very good team. Calvin Ridley's looking great. Etienne's looking good. Uh, Lawrence is looking good. I'm thinking Lawrence, two touchdowns, and um, I'm thinking, yeah, Lawrence, two touchdowns. Calvin Ridley, a touchdown, Uh, and I think, yeah, Calvin Ridley is just... He's been doing very well for them this year. I thought Christian Kirk would be wide receiver one. He will not be wide receiver one. And so, he, yeah, like Ridley's been doing very well. And, you know, Evan Ingram is good, too. I think he'll catch a touchdown. I think Travis Etienne will rush for a touchdown but yeah Ridley's been cooking he's like he, he's like hey I'm here and I'm taking over this offense on the wide receiver one and and so like he's been pretty good so you know Christian Kirk kind of you know eat your heart out you know he's like he was the wide receiver one for a bit and he does have more receptions, but like Calvin Ridley's been doing most of the heavy lifting these days at wide receiver, so Yeah, that's been interesting to me. I thought Ridley would occupy a um secondary position to Kirk. But looks like it's the other way around. And so it's just very interesting To me And then New York Patriots New England Did I just say New York? Yeah, New England Patriots New England New York Jets, I'm mixing everything up But Honestly, I think I think New York's gonna win this I have a friend He's a big Jets fan And like I'm confident that the Jets are going to be able to win this game, and so, like, I I really think that, you know, the Jets are good, and so, yeah. Also, I actually left off with my Jaguars thing. I forgot to talk about the Texans. So, the Texans are okay. CJ Stroud limited participation in practice. I think he's expected to play. Will Anderson's been doing pretty good. Um, and, like, Damian Pierce is still there. But, honestly, I'm just going Jaguars. I'm going Jaguars all the way. 27 to to um 10. Like. Like they held the Chiefs to seventeen, they'll hold the Texans to like ten at most. But back to the Jets of the Patriots. The Jets are very good. You know they got Garrett Wilson, Zach Wilson's a little bit of a problem, but they have a good defense. Josh Gardner, Quinn Williams, D.J. Reed, C.J. Mosley. Their team overall is just very talented. They have Brees Hall, although his usage was quite limited in the game against Dallas. But, I mean, like, there's no point in even trying against Dallas. Like, they knew that front seven would only stop Brees Hall every single time. So, like, why not just try and throw it? But still, against the Patriots, I do expect them to run the ball more. This could easily be a 100-plus yard, two-touchdown game for Brees Hall. And I'm thinking maybe a one-touchdown game for Garrett Wilson. For the Patriots, though, Mac Jones. I mean, he is getting better. I don't think he has gotten back to where he was in his rookie season. Like I'm not saying... Mac Jones is terrible. I'm just saying, like, he is not what he was in 2021. Like, he did in the first game against the Eagles, have 316 yards and three touchdowns and one interception, but he only went 35 of 54, so not the most accurate. He went 31 of 42 last week against the Dolphins for 231, one touchdown, one pick. He's been alright, but he has not been back to where it was expected he'd be after his monster rookie season. But I really think this is just the Jets game all the way, you know. I, I think they will win this one with relative ease, I think, 21 to 14. Like, like, I don't think they are really going to have to sweat it that much. I I think it's going to be, I think maybe, like, like 24-14 for the Jets. Next up, Titans at Browns. A good... Titans defense against an interesting Browns offense. Two defensive touchdowns allowed yesterday by the Browns up. I mean, last week by the Browns offense. And, you know, they just haven't been doing great. And to make things worse, Joel Batonio, Mario Cooper, Miles Garrett, and Zadarius Smith all did not participate in practice, and neither did Greg Newsome. So, like, those are some big injuries. Amari Cooper and Miles Garrett really headlining that. And I think that's a huge problem. Garrett leads the pass rush, and they can't even fall back on Zadarius Smith. None of these guys have a game status yet, but, like, if they can't fall back on... Zedarius Smith like that could and they don't have Miles Garrett like that's something that could be extremely problematic for them going on like like really like that that's their defense that's their pass rush right there gone if they don't uh, play in this game and so, like, that is horrible for them. Also, safety Troy Adams is out, like, and their kicker, Greg Zerline. Oh my God, I was reading the wrong injury report, sorry. Um, but for the Browns, like, those could be problems if they don't uh come in, although, And their injury reports though have been changed recently. Joe Batonio and Garrett had full participation in practice. Mark Cooper only limited participation in practice. And Darius Smith had limited participation in practice. I bet all the Browns fans listening just had a, a near hard attack there. And then the Titans have a long list of injuries. DeAndre Hopkins is questionable with an ankle injury and did not participate in practice. Big problem if he can't come back. And... But I do expect the Titans to win. I think Derrick Henry is just running up the middle. If you give it to him 30 times, he's going to do something with it. And... Eventually, like, eventually something is going to happen. The Browns do have a stout defense with Denzel Ward. And the Titans have a pretty stout defense, too. I expect this to be kind of a battle, honestly. And, like, a close one. Pretty defensive game, not great offenses, pretty good defenses. But I think i got to give this one to the Titans. 20-17. 20 to 17. Now, moving on Colts at Ravens. You know, the Colts, Anthony Richardson was good through the past few games, but he is out with a concussion. The quarterback will be Gardner Minshew, backed up by Sam Ellinger. For the Ravens, OBJ is out. And Marlon Humphrey is out. Tyler Linderbaum is out. Odafe Owe is out. Ronnie Stanley and Marcus Williams are out. Problems. Because, you know, Marlon Humphrey really leads that secondary, which in 2022 was one of the best in the league. And now that they've lost... You know Marcus Peters in free agency, and now it's was up to Marlon Humphrey to really lead that secondary that got worse, that got slightly worse. Of course, Kyle Hamilton is a great new addition. He was a rookie last year, but this could be a huge problem if they lose one of their big defensive leaders in Marlon Humphrey. The Colts, though, I just don't think they'll be able to get much going on offense. Like, they still don't have Jonathan Taylor. They still, you know, like, they don't have a good, like, Minshew is decent, but I don't think he can carry the Colts to victory, and, you know, the Ravens are quite injured, and even their center's out, but Lamar Jackson is incredible, they also have Zay Flowers, the Jackson to Flowers connection has been going pretty well early this year, so, I don't know, I'm giving... I'm predicting Lamar Jackson, two touchdowns passing, one touchdown rushing. You know, Zay Flowers a touchdown receiving. And I don't think the Colts will just be I just don't think the Colts will be able to put points on the board here. Or enough points on the board to secure a win. I think twenty four to ten Ravens. Because I just don't think that the Colts offense, like They've been able to fall back on the talent of Anthony Richardson, but now they don't have that anymore. This could be a problem. And having Anthony Richardson concussed so early in his NFL career could long-term be an issue for the Colts. And Anthony Richardson, I, I really hope he can actually come back and not get more concussions because... He It's just way too early in his career for this kind of injury. Bills at Commanders. And, you know, Jordan Poyer and Trey White not participating in practice. Uh Uh-oh, two huge leaders in the secondary not participating in practice. No game status. But if they can't play, it's bad. I'm just gonna go out on a limb here and say Buffalo's gonna win. Like Washington hasn't been terrible, and they did have an insane comeback against the uh, against Denver. And though still like I expect the Bills to steamroll them. They're a much better team than Denver. Any given Sunday, they're beating Denver. And, sorry, my mistake. It wasn't a 32-point deficit. It was an 18-point deficit. But they did score 32 points. And But still, I'm going with Buffalo. I just think Josh Allen will be unstoppable. Even with a great front from Washington, I just think that Josh Allen is just... Like, he just can't be stopped. And... I think maybe like two touchdowns passing. I think Stefan Diggs a touchdown receiving, at least for both of them. And I think the Bills defense, I think Sam Howell will have, you know, more, a better passing game than he should have against a fully healthy defense in Buffalo, especially if Poyer and White don't come back. But I... Do expect that <coughs> Buffalo will have three takeovers this takeaways this game. I think I think it will be pretty simple 2813 and just next week. Broncos, Dolphins. I'm going Dolphins. I'm always going Dolphins. But Teron that has back, ankle, and knee injuries. He's questionable. Um, ouch. And Jalen Phillips has a back injury, questionable. Jalen Waddle is questionable with a concussion, and I think that's the biggest thing if he doesn't play. You know, you don't have the one-two punch of to Waddle, to Hill, to Waddle, to Hill. You don't have that second. You don't have two amazing options for Tua, You only have the one which is Hill, so Jalen Waddle really needs to come back. But then again, it's Denver. I expect them to have, like, three sacks or something like that, but, like, it's Denver. What are you going to (laughs) do? This team is 0-2. It's clearly not doing so well. And so I'm just expecting, like, I think Tua goes... Two hundred fifty yards, three touchdowns. Uh, I really want to see that one happen, especially if Waddle is healthy. It's very likely. Um, it's still likely without it. Tyree Hill, one hundred yards, plus a touch, a touchdown or more, and and just Dolphins twenty seven. Twenty-seven to seventeen. Try again next time. And Panthers, uh, Seahawks. I mean the Seahawks had an overtime win against the Lions. However, this is big. Bryce Young is out. What's with the rookie QB's going? Like, Bryce Young is out. Anthony Richardson is out. What's with the top five rookie QBs getting injured very early in the season? So that is a big problem. If that doesn't, if he doesn't play, like he won't play. We know he won't play. He's he has been ruled out. And that's an issue for the Panthers. Charles Cross for the Seahawks, though, has been ruled out. They're going to be hitting that side with Brian Burns, and they better hope Cross's backup is good enough to handle Burns. Also, Quandre Diggs is questionable. If he doesn't play, that's bad for the secondary, the safety. and But, but like, I think really one of the very important things is, like, With Cross out, it's like, that's the side that's going to be hit by Brian Burns, who is an extremely talented pass rusher. And, you know, because Cross is out, I I think Burns can have a multiple sack day. You know, he's the type of guy that you need your starting tackle to be blocking him. Or he's getting to your quarterback. He's going to disrupt this game for the Seahawks. He's going to disrupt Geno Smith. We might be getting some more oh-my-God plays with Brian Burns coming in from the edge without the starting tackle playing. Also, DK Metcalf is questionable with a rib injury. Tariq Woolen is doubtful with a chest injury. Did not participate in practice. If Quandre Diggs and Tariq Woolen don't play, big issue. That's their safety. That's their corner. Two big defensive leaders in the secondary gone. I think the Seahawks were kind of frauds last season. Like, they only really made it in by luck. But. They only made the playoffs because of the horrible officiating in their last game of the season. The Panthers are 0-2, missing their starting quarterback. It's not looking so good, but they do have that defense with Brian Burns and Shaq Thompson. So, you know, the Seahawks, though, do have Geno Smith. They do have Kenneth Walker. They do have Tyler Lockett. DK Metcalf might not play, but they... Might have him, so I think I am going to go Seahawks despite Brian Burns giving it his all, two maybe three sacks on the day. But I'm, I really got I really got to go Seahawks. I think Kenneth Walker will carry the the offense with two touchdowns, but. I also think Gina Smith will throw at least one. Probably going to end up twenty-four to fourteen. The Panthers just twenty-four to ten. The pan maybe with a lucky touchdown, but the Panthers they don't have their starting quarterback and that could be a very big issue. 2-0 Cowboys on two Cardinals. I mean, the Cowboys were the only team the Cardinals beat two seasons ago and they're collapsed down the stretch. Although, Trayvon Diggs is out for the season, tore his ACL in practice. He will not play, and that's a huge problem for that defense. Their anchor in the secondary gone but, I mean, it's not that big of a problem in my opinion. Yes, the secondary will suffer. Yes, their their defense will be a little bit worse because, you know, their very good defense will be slightly worse. But, like, their defensive front is, like, still what are you going to even do with DeMarcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons, it's like and they still have Stefan Gilmore. And I think he's capable of holding down the fort in the defense secondary until until the end of the season and Because if there's pressure on the quarterback, it takes the pressure off the secondary. And facing a team like the Cardinals with all the problems, this will be easy for the Cowboys. I'm thinking, like, to the tune of five sacks. Easy, with at least two coming from Parsons. And, you know, I just don't think anything will be going Right for the Cardinals. And that offense, though, that offense, Tony Pollard, Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, you know the story. You know the 40 points. You know the uh, Cardinals-Swiss cheese defense. And, you know, they were good against Washington, not good enough, though. But I think we're going, yeah, Cowboys all the way. Thirty-five to nine. Just it won't even be close. Bears. Chiefs. Overrated team. I think two overrated teams. I don't think the Chiefs are worth all that hype. Yes, they're good. No, I don't think they will make the Super Bowl. The Bears, though, they were so hyped up. DJ Moore, Justin Fields. Uh no. No. They they were not good at all. And this is just going to be a good old-fashioned Patrick Mahomes Chiefs blowout. Y- you know, the the one that's gone a million times. Pacheco, though, is questionable. So... And so is Kadarius Tony, but we don't care about Kadarius Tony. No one cares about Kadarius Tony. And I really think that the Chiefs are just going to destroy them. The Bears have a really bad defense. So, like, they're not even going to run it with Pacheco. They're not even going to bother. They're just going to pass it a million times with Patrick Mahomes. And I think... I think there are two scenarios. Patrick Mahomes sets his personal record for passing attempts in a game, or he throws so many long completions that he can get off the field really quickly, so he doesn't throw that many attempts, but he throws for a billion yards. And this could be like a four or five touchdown day for him, so... Let's say five touchdowns. I'm feeling like that type of day, and I think inevitably one play will break down, and he'll rush for a touchdown. So like I'm thinking, like this could easily be a forty-five to six wrecking of the uh, of the bear. So I'm gonna predict Patrick Mahomes five pass touchdowns, one rush touchdown. It's it is possible, and I think Travis Kelsey, hat trick. Sunday night football, Steelers, Raiders. Um, really, like, I mean, Gunnar Olszewski is out for the Steelers with a concussion. Honestly, if a, if a Raiders kick goes out of bounds, um, they will be thankful for his injury. Because they'll be able to start at the forty. He made a quite boneheaded play last week. It didn't end up mattering, but still pretty dumb. Honestly, I just think that the Steelers defense will win the game for them. I I just think like the Highsmith, Hayward, Watt, they will just kill. Jimmy Garoppolo in the backfield, Um, and Jimmy Garoppolo might fake an injury to get out of that pocket. There's just no, like, I know the Raiders on paper are very good, but the Steelers are just so defensively dominant. You know, Minka Fitzpatrick, they have Patrick Peterson, who hasn't been that good this season, but still extremely good. Like, I think, like, on their defense, they will win a low-scoring game, maybe 17-14. to 14. I doubt their offense will be that good, but, but like, this could be a three- or four-sack ga- game for the Steelers' defense. So, I'm thinking maybe 17-14. The Raiders do have a formidable pass rush with Max Crosby, but still... Eagles, 2-0 Bucks. One of these teams is walking home with a loss. We'll see who it is. Boston Scott is out. Quez Watkins is out. But those aren't the big guys. I just... I don't see the Eagles losing this, is the thing. I just... To me, it's just the Buccaneers are... Apparently a good team, but they're not that good of a team. So, I just think the Eagles are, like, kind of going to expose them. Like, they got the fraudulent Vikings. They got the Bears. Like, they haven't really gotten a test. Well, the Eagles have gotten a Patriots team that is 0-2 but might be on the rebound. And they did get the same Vikings. But... And they won a better game than the Bucks won. So I don't know. I think the Eagles are totally the better team here. And the Bucks might seriously get exposed with a blowout here. Um So I just I mean Kalaja Kansi is out and could be a problem if they run the tush push, but they do have Vichavea Veya, who might be a problem. I think Jordan Mailata said he might need a neck brace for this game because of the Eagles trying to run the touch push against Veya in that solid Buccaneers front. Honestly, I just, like, I have to go with the Eagles here. There's not really another option for me, like, They're just such a better team. I think Jalen Hurts, three touchdowns. And Smith, Brown, at least one each. I think, like, Baker Mayfield, this is the game where he breaks, like, against Darius Slay facing Rush from Jalen Carter and Brandon Graham and, you know, all the other talented guys. On that front Hassan Redick. like I think this is the game where they finally collapse and I think it could be a three takeaway game for this awesome defense. like they're they're just such a good team like that pass rush almost tied the record. For most sacks by a team in a season. If they were only too short, like Brandon Graham, Jordan Davis, Fletcher Cox, Josh Sweat, Hassan Reddick, is just killer. And Jalen Carter might get some playing time as well ahead of Davis. And it's so like, this is just I think I think the Bucks like I think Mike Evans will get a touchdown but I'm thinking like a 24 to 13 game for the Eagles. I don't expect it to be that flashy or high scoring but I definitely think it's going to be an Eagles win. And then Finally, we have my favorite team, the Rams, going up against the Bengals. Super Bowl 56 matchup. And I just know some Bengals fan out there is going to see the Bengals win this. Yes, I'm saying it. And they're going to say, hey, look, we deserve the Super Bowl, blah, blah, blah. No. This is a significantly worse Rams team against a significantly better Bengals team. Um, and Pukonekwa, though, questionable with an oblique injury, and if he doesn't play, that's bad. Joe Burrow, though, is questionable, and if he doesn't play, that is horrible for the Bengals. Great for my favorite team. Although, I do expect Karen Williams to have a decent game, 70-plus yards, and a touchdown, but... I also think Matt Stafford will have, like, 200 yards and two touchdowns. And at least one to Atwell. And this Bengals O-line, I mean, two years ago, it severely failed them in the Super Bowl, allowing seven sacks. Two players had multiple sacks. And I just love reliving... That day, In case you don't remember, there were sacks by Vaughn Miller, Aaron Donald, A'shaun Robinson, um, Ernest Jones, Leonard Floyd. All of those players, but Donald and Jones have departed. But that was the most sacks allowed in a Super Bowl tied. And... And the pass rush for the Rams might be a problem. A steadily improving pass rush to have Hoyt, Turner, Byron Young, and Aaron Donald is constantly a problem in the middle of that defensive line. So, I don't know. I think the Bengals allowed two sacks, at least, for this one. I know their Olin's gotten better. I think Jamar Chase will catch a touchdown, but I don't know... If it will be from Joe Burrow. Because he is questionable. And there's been some controversy over whether he should play. And so honestly. I'm honestly expecting a close Bengals win. Maybe 24-21. But I would not be surprised at all. If the Rams won. But for now I'm expecting the Bengals to win. Anyway. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this extra long and extra late, sorry, installment of Penalty on the Podcaster. You'll hear more of me next episode.